Hello everyone, good morning. So I'm going to cover two studies I covered a while ago, I think, and uh, it's important because I'm having more chats now with people and realising there's still some of you that think that eating a rigid, clean, quote-unquote clean diet plan or meal plan will give you better results than eating the foods you like but managing the total energy from those foods and actually trying a bit harder to hit your protein target. So what that looks like is I list down the foods I like, I list down the meals I actually like, this is what all of you should be doing, and I go, right, I like a burrito, I like a bowl of oats, and I like my scrambled egg on toast with avocado, I like this, all right, write them down. I work out the calories of those meals and the protein of those meals, right? So when I, then I'll just eat a day of the foods I actually like eating. I know this sounds like maybe basic, but most people don't even do this. So I'll eat the meals I like, Okay, so I'll have my breakfast that I like, I'll have the lunch that I like, I'll have a dinner that I like, and I'll have snacks that I like, and I'll actually track that whole thing and I'll see where it lands. And then you'll notice, oh wow, it's like 2,800 calories and my protein is like 70 grams. And then you'll say, well, the targets I need to lose weight are 2,300, and my protein target is 105. Sorry, I'm blocking those. And my, to my protein target is 105. What do I do from here? Well, you don't throw away the food you like and go to a diet plan that is chicken and rice, chicken and rice, chicken and rice, or fish and rice, fish and rice cake, fish and rice, or you know, like boring asparagus and green veg and lean meat. So you don't go, you don't go that route. You go down the route of what do I need to tweak from the foods I actually like that I'll, that I'll stick to to hit my calorie target. And most often than not, it's reducing the portion size of something, realizing that, whoa, whoa, the granola I'm eating is like, wow, 450 calories, maybe I'll drop that down to 300. Or, whoa, I'm having like two um, frappuccinos from Starbucks a day, and that's like loads of calories. <coughs> Sorry. Um, or, or, whoa, like, I'm not having enough protein, like uh, one of the meals I'm having has got like no protein in it. Maybe I can add some chicken to it or add my vegan alternative to it. And you go, oh, wow, I've now designed food that I like eating and it's hit my calories and protein. That is it. The end. You have hit the optimal thing for fat loss, for, for how you stick to it, for your mindset, for not feeling trapped, for literally enjoying the process. Like you've literally reached the holy grail of where you need to get to. Some of you still stuck in, oh, give me a meal plan, give me a meal plan, give me something to eat. You can go off templates and work off them if you want to try meals that you don't know if you like. But honestly, the first thing you need to do is just list out the meals you actually like eating. Three breakfasts, three lunches, three dinners, five snacks. List them out what you like eating and go from there. Now, to back this up, let's have a look at early studies of flexible dieting, okay? These are important. So in 1991, there was a study on looking at dieting restraint. Okay, so we had rigid control, which meant inflexible, all or nothing approach to eating. So food choices and timings are based on set non-negotiable rules. For example, you must eat a breakfast, you must eat a lunch, you must eat a dinner, um, you must eat these foods, um, you must not eat these foods, and it's either you're on this or you're off it, you lose it, right? That's that. And you got a flexible approach was... Um, you can pick different serving sizes, you could um, pick the foods you like, you didn't have any foods that were banned, you had more flexibility in when you wanted to eat as well, you didn't have to eat breakfast, you could eat lunch, you could have bigger lunch, bigger dinner, um, you could, you didn't label foods as healthy or unhealthy, you pretty much just ate the food you like, okay? So those are the two different groups, they looked at the research, and let's look at what happened in the research. The rigid group 
was associated with overeating because they were emotionally stressed they had more problematic eating behaviors and have been more binge eating why is this well you are literally putting yourself in a dietary cage you're eating five percent of the foods available to you if less you're typically eating foods you don't really like because you think they're healthy or clean you don't have much of a variety because you, you're stuck into that small subgroup of foods you're always feeling like you're 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 trapped because you don't feel free you can't go out socially and have food out and drinks you, you, you feel pressured when it comes to the weekend because you've been good in the week, but the weekend is coming and, oh no, I got an anniversary or a dinner or a wedding and, oh my God, everything's going to go down the pan. Now you have more stress, right? Obviously, this isn't the way to live, guys. Whoever told you to live this way and we just follow it, like, what are we doing? The other way is actually healthier. Not only, like, this isn't even a scenario where one way's got loads of some pros and one way's got some pros and it's kind of balanced. It is literally the flexible approach. You lose more weight over time, you keep it off, you retain more muscle mass, you're happier, you're less stressed, you have less binge eating, you have met less problematic eating behaviors, you enjoy more social scenarios, you're a better person to be around, you are free from the prison of diet culture. Like, it is literally so one-sided that it is absolutely baffling why there's still a lot of people still falling down the trap of eating the same old diet plans whether it's keto whether it's paleo or some of these might be like you're doing it like vegetarian is fine but like you're falling down these traps you think one is superior none are superior when protein and calories are the same in and what i mean by this is if there's research done it's like right what's the best diet mediterranean diet the keto diet the paleo diet atkins diet okay you're all claiming to be the best right if we if all of you okay did this diet but you you had to hit the same calorie target and protein but you can do the rest of it you can go and do your little your little um little plays on foods you can have our well, keto do this paleo does this <coughs> sorry right you can do your little variation but you must keep your protein and calories the same in all the diets you're doing right who wins nobody it's the same results for fat loss wow okay so why do i have to pick one or the other you don't you don't even want to be associated with each of those tribes. Those tribes are just going to battle each other, waste your energy. I don't want to be tribalism. I don't want to be tribalism in the world in general, but I don't, definitely don't want to be tribalism in the nutrition space because whoa, it's full of shit, right? So greater flexible control was linked with fewer reports of disordered eating and dysfunctional eating. The stricter the diet, the more likely the dieter was to break the rules and overeat. Simple, okay, simple. In 1994, Schering and colleagues found that flexible control was inversely associated with body mass index BMI. So the more flexible people were with their dieting or their eating and diet as their diet as in food, the lower their body weight. Wow. Okay, 1999, Smith says, and his colleagues found flexible dieting, lower body weight, absence of overeating, low levels of anxiety and depression, rigid eat dieting associated with overeating and increased body weight. Wow. Also 1999, Western Hoffer and colleagues right rich control higher body weight more frequent or severe episodes of binge eating so i have to keep going on 2002 the same thing was found again by steward and colleagues rigid, rigid diet when eating disorder symptoms body image disturbance higher bmi god we can go on and on and on on and on and on and on and on but you know that you know you know what to do now if you're thinking diet plans or someone telling you what to eat is the solution it's not Imagine being told what to eat by someone else. You like all these foods, yeah? Bin. 
you're gonna eat these foods what is it our foods you don't like you get results so oh well i really yeah, yeah you definitely get results doing this way oh wait there let me look at the research <laughs> mate sorry if i follow your way of your strict diet plan i should get worse results not that i'm at high risk of anxiety and depression and binge eating disordered eating what are you doing what are you doing promoting this stuff who do you think you are promoting this stuff to people you know what i mean like what well, look at the research absolutely clear so what you're doing is you're, you're you're damaging me and i'm damaging myself by even agreeing to go down that road route and you think wow what's going on in the fitness industry when is this clear <clears throat> well one thing you've got people who are lazy just tell i just want to be told what to do and then i'll do it okay what's the consequences of this i don't know don't care well you should care because this is the exact problem you're in from the start you've been following 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 the cheap magazines da 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 any online course blah 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 puts you in the shitter then you have got all of this conditioning to unravel still all enough all enough in mindset ingrained in so many of you because of these diet diets that tell you you either on it or you're off simming world you're either on or you're off weight watches are either on it or you're off you know this new zoe thing you're either on zoe points or you're off the zoe points all right where do we stand then why can't i just be bumbling about in the middle flexible some days and my energy intake is great <coughs> some days my energy intake is more some days my protein is <coughs> sorry some days my protein intake is good some days my protein intake is not so good but overall i'm in the, I'm, I'm, I'm around about my calorie target i'm around about my protein target one day i'm at mcdonald's one day i'm gonna have a pizza i don't have a few drinks with my family on the weekend i'll have a sunday roast wow i'm living life losing weight over time or maintaining a body weight and i'm cracking on with living because let me tell you when you get to your deathbed which i hope is in a very long time what are you going to be thinking well i hope you don't think about this stuff but when you think back wow i spent decades decades eating just stupid diets and made me gain more weight over time which is what the research says even our own survey with turtle says this 1800 people on the slimming worlds the more diets someone did the more time they were dieting or the longer they were taking to diet to lose weight so they basically the more diets you do the higher the chance you're going to be trying to lose weight for the rest of your life and that is absolutely terrifying why do you want to be losing weight for the rest of your life imagine a life where you're not trying to lose weight anymore and this doesn't mean a life of not caring about your nutrition we eat every single day we're obviously going to be thinking about food every day but we don't let it take over our lives i brush my teeth twice a day so do you you're not thinking of brushing your teeth all throughout the day now you're thinking, oh, I'm having a shit there now. Did I brush my teeth right? Did I use the best toothpaste? Oh, shit, I think I missed the back of my tooth. I don't know. Oh, no, I mean, ah, oh, shit, 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 shit. Ah, oh, no. We don't think this way because it's just something we do for the benefit of it and it's gone. But when it comes to nutrition, <coughs> we need the same, similar type of mindset, you know? We should be looking at eating. We should be looking at eating as fueling as well. Right, we should be looking at it as I'm eating now, and I'm gonna knock. And if my e if thoughts come in about eating between when I'm meant to eat, so I'll think about eating when it's time. I'll go for a walk, and you know sometimes cravings kick in. But really, there's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of things we do daily, where we don't let it override our brain. So just because you're thinking about something daily doesn't mean it has to override the brain all day. The high, if you're doing a strict meal plan on a severe deficit, you probably will be thinking of food more, because you're gonna be very hungry. And that's not helping but sometimes you're gonna feel a bit of hunger in a deficit so i just want you to <coughs> sorry remember that and i want to finish on this really important study and now i'm not saying eat 100 percent of your diet with mars bars that's not what i'm saying here this next study is not saying this either so please don't say oh turtle is saying 
and pass on saying this, no, right? So our ultra-processed foods is really that bad. The first thing in your brain is going to go, obviously, ultra-processed, whoa. What does process mean? Take something from its raw form and it goes through a process, ends up here. Does that process have to be bad? No, of course not. Whey protein goes through a process, it ends up from kind of a byproduct to a high quality source of protein, which has got loads of benefits. The Greeks who even found out about whey protein, so called the elixir of life. They saw the benefits of it without the science behind the back of it. So you've got these processes. When you think of process, you think of sausages, you think of bad stuff. There's the processes that some foods go through that improve them or make them into a different type of food or product that we consume in a different way. Yogurt is highly processed. Yogurt is considered ultra processed, right? Obviously, it's not in its raw form of milk. It's in a cheese, goes through another process, another process, adds vitamins, minerals. We love yogurt, happy days. <coughs> but we want to think processing bad, right? So, in 2001, a study found that a diet with a combination of processed <coughs> and unprocessed foods had more nutrients than a diet composed of only unprocessed foods with the same calories. The study also found that food patterns created using unprocessed foods were significantly more expensive than those created using foods in the ultra-processed category. The study determined whether nutrient-adequate food patterns could be created using unprocessed foods only, which is, you know, fruits, lean meats, veggies, that type of stuff, right? Or using ultra-processed foods. The goal was to create an optimized 2,000 calorie food pattern that met standard for 22 nutrients. Magnesium, folate, iron, fiber, vitamin C, vitamin A, all that type of stuff, right? So can you get an optimized 2,000 calorie diet hitting all the 22 nutrients they're looking at using only unprocessed foods? Is it possible? The researchers used machine learning models, all this type of stuff, and that look at combinations, okay? Here, now some vitamins came largely from unprocessed foods. Okay, so when we look at the results here, linear program models, machine learning models, generated optimized 2,000 calorie food patterns by selecting from all foods, unprocessed foods only, ultra-processed foods only, or some other combination. Are you with me? So some vitamins came largely from unprocessed foods. These include vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B. 84% of vitamin B12 came from unprocessed foods. Similarly, vitamin A, mainly comes from unprocessed foods in diets uh, than in ultra-processed foods, right? So we've got this kind of mix here. As shown by the observed diets and modeled food patterns, ultra-processed foods accounted for the bulk of added sugar, total sugar, obviously, <coughs> sodium, carbohydrates, and saturated fat, okay? But although ultra-processed foods were the principal dietary sources for added sugar, sodium, and saturated fat, they also provided substantial amounts of vitamin E, thiamine, niacin, folate, and calcium. These micronutrients mostly come from the ultra-processed foods in observed diets and modeled food patterns in the study. So iron came mainly from ultra-processed foods as well, and we know how important that is. And in both diets and in modeled food patterns, well, zinc was more evenly split. Food patterns created using unprocessed foods were significantly more expensive at a daily cost of £13.60 compared to those using ultra-processed foods. Okay, so it's much more expensive. So the study concluded that some ultra-processed foods are needed for nutri nutrient-adequate diets. Ultra-processed foods are the main sources, like I said, of added sugar, saturated fat, sodium, but also many vitamins, vitamin E, thiamine, niacin, folate, calcium, iron. 
okay so when you look at the results of the study what it's saying is that it wasn't possible for them to hit a 2000 calorie diet hit all the 22 vitamins that the thresholds with just unprocessed foods they had to add to the machine learning model ultra processed foods to hit those targets so it is optimal for you to figure out the foods you love look at them and go what is the composition of my diet is it very ultra processed is it processed is it unprocessed and don't be scared to have your favorite cereal don't be scared to have your yogurt don't be scared to have your dark chocolate or chocolate bar right don't be scared to have the ice cream don't be scared of the bag of crisps don't be scared to have these don't be scared to have you know once or twice a week you go and have a mcdonald's or a burger king or like an eating out restaurant right it says variety this range of foods that brings us those vitamins and minerals that we do need so it's optimal to do this so i hope that's enough of a kick in your ass for you to realize <clears throat> yeah okay it's okay if i have my you know a chocolate bar today it's okay if i overate a bit today on this food <clears throat> it's okay if i had that cake in work it's okay if i went out for food tonight and i did have like you know a pie and chips you know it's okay to have these things as long as overall over time your calories which is your energy is about where you need to be for a deficit and your protein target is there bam done and one more thing about calories of some, some, some not all calories are <coughs> wow this cough is really annoying not all calories are created equal people say well the mistake people make here is is that a calorie is just a unit of measurement so it's like saying a kilogram is different to another kilogram it's not a kilogram is a kilogram whilst you can have a kilogram of feathers and a kilogram of you know like metal that's obviously going to look different or whatever the composition of the kilogram is different but the kilogram is a kilogram when it comes to fat loss it is mainly down to energy okay so it's mainly down to the energy um, what that energy contains in terms of macronutrients is where the energy comes from is also important um, and this is why this mix is great but in the end of the day like what the total energy is what matters this doesn't mean eat all your energy from mass bars it just means that you can have a mix of that energy coming from different sources of higher to lower nutrient dense foods and you can still get the same fat losses results as seen in numerous studies plus you're at less risk of anxiety depression about all these food stuff less risk of disordered eating less risk of hate in life less risk of hate in eating more less risk of uh hating social events and so forth so think about it make some changes now this is important break free and um it'll change your life so hope this podcast was useful speak to you soon